Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Focus on Albany. I have as my guest um, Sean Morris, and he's going to uh, start off by talking about what what he's doing in Tahoe's for businesses. So, so Sean, tell tell us a little bit about your your endeavor. Well, hi Cynthia, and good morning, and thank you for having me on your show. I've been on more since I'm not the mayor than I was when I was the mayor. So it's uh, it's still a nice day to talk to you. You know, quite simply, uh, just as an everyday citizen, um, I've seen the struggles that were taking place with our restaurants and some of our other businesses in the downtown. And truthfully, I kind of just was sitting back and watching to see what other people were doing. Because um, in my heart, I really had a vested interest because, as you know, Almost every business that's in the city's downtown uh, came under my administration. We we took an old mill town that was pretty much uh, seen its better days and turned it into really a small city utopia. And, and Cohoes was really starting to um, be a bustling little downtown with a bunch of restaurants and music. And and so as I watched and I didn't see a whole lot taking place, um, I went back on Facebook first time in a couple years and talked about how I thought we should rise up as a community and help our um, businesses. And at the same time, I thought about, geez, how do we, how do we do that without, you know, going and putting in food orders and making them cook food when they really don't have a lot of money and they probably don't have a lot of stock. And so I thought about what if we just raise some money and buy some gift cards from all of the restaurants and businesses that are hurting in the downtown to the extent we can based on how much we raise. And then take those uh, gift cards and give one to every student who is graduating the class of 2020 um, because they work so hard under the most difficult circumstances. They're the first class that you can ever uh, think of that had to deal with this kind of pandemic and trying to graduate online and, and trying to learn in a whole different new manner. And so I, I brought it to Facebook. I talked about it. People seemed to really like the idea. So we kicked off a little fundraiser a day and a half ago. We raised about $1,800 on Facebook already in just a day and a half. Uh, another $400 um, from other people um, not on Facebook. So I'm really excited that in a couple of days we raised a, a little over $2,000. And um, we'll do this until about the 12th of July. Class of 18, uh, the class of 2020, excuse me, graduates on the 18th. And, and hopefully we'll be able to give every kid graduating a gift card to the downtown so they can go visit the downtown, see all the great things happening in Cohoes. And it's just our way of saying, hey, we love you, and we appreciate your hard work, and uh, congratulations. And to the businesses, thanks for sticking with us, and we ain't forgetting you during the difficult times. So really just a simple little way of saying thank you. So how many kids are graduating this year? I believe there's 145 uh, kids graduating. So, um, you know, our goal was to raise $3,000, and then plus we had uh, some other money that was uh, coming in off of Facebook. And if we could give every kid a $20, $25 gift card, you know, I know it's not a lot, but it's it certainly says uh, that, that Cahoe's Proud is alive and well, and, and we still care deeply for our community. And, you know, if every restaurant gets a couple hundred bucks that they didn't expect, um, every penny counts. And now that they're trying to open up, this is probably the best time to, uh, to actually do it. And, uh, 
you know, at the end of the day, we'll see how much we raise and every penny's going towards the businesses and, uh, and gift cards. Uh, and then they're going to the students. One of the many things Cohoes has always done. And, uh, you know, I'm proud to be uh, out there still working uh, to make Cohoes a better place. Now, do you think there's a lot of businesses in Cohoes that will never reopen? Well, listen, when I was trying to bring businesses to the city, and as you can imagine, Cohoes, again, was an old mill town. We had trees growing through the sidewalks. It was just a mess. Uh, it wasn't a really exciting place to open a business. And then in three years and, and $40 million of development in the downtown, unprecedented uh, in our city's history. Um, slowly but surely, these businesses came to me and we, we worked out uh, ideas. We didn't want to just bring a business in, right? We wanted to be their partner and their friend and help them continue to strive by the city, uh, continuing to find ways to draw people to our community. But I, I, I did recognize that businesses, especially restaurants, um, the first couple of years, even when the times are good, you know, um, struggle and, and getting through that first year, year and a half before they really start seeing the success um, is, is the timeline. And so many of them were within their first year investing all of their money and everything they had and haven't even had a chance to get open yet, never mind ones that were open and had to close. So I, I hope that's not the case. Um, I pray that it doesn't happen, but I wouldn't be surprised if there's a few of them that probably can't uh, open up without some kind of assistance. Mm, that would be, that would be such a shame because people really is. work, they work so hard in making their businesses, you know, uh, profitable and if something beyond that control inhibits that that's that's not good at all so well, one I of the things you, that the, uh, oh i'm sorry go i apologize ahead. i was gonna say one of the things that that we did is we sold them on what cohoes was all about what we were going to be over the next 10 20 years a city that that continues to strive to find ways to bring in new revenues, get people to our city. Our city was a ghost town. You could throw a bowling ball down the middle of the street, never hit anybody. Um, but when we brought back the music hall, turned it into a, a number one music venue in the capital region with 30,000 people visiting our downtown and the rock, the block quickly becoming one of the premier uh, outside concert uh, venues in the city, 14,000 people. That's almost uh, 45,000 people coming to a city that has one block of, of a business district where all the restaurants and, and other uh, businesses are. They were seeing a huge influx of people. So this year alone, not only do they deal with the virus and they're just getting open again, you know, the city has canceled the rock the block. So there's 14,000 people that won't be coming uh, to our downtown and exploring our, our downtown on, on Thursday nights. Um, the music hall debacle is, is still taking place. And, and so that's not only closed down, but they, they went out and got somebody else uh, or new RFPs to come in and, and take, uh, see who will take over the music hall, which is the craziest thing. You got to remember that was a closed down facility that in three years was voted number one uh, by the capital region. Uh, that's a huge, huge um, success. How, how you'd want to get rid of the people who did that is beyond me. But you know what I'm finding out in Cohoes? Everything that I've done from the 
Safe Streets Initiative, to the Police Walk on the Beat, to the 787, to our signs, to our restaurants, to our music hall. If I did it, the current mayor wants to get rid of it. And I, I get that he may want to have his own way of doing things, and I support him in that endeavor. But to just throw everything away because you don't like the guy who did it and you want to kind of erase that history um, is really just put the city into a tailspin. And, and you can see it with the weeds growing all over the place and the car speeding on 787 and, you know, no rock the block and the music hall and everything's in chaos. And, you know, it's kind of disappointing. Um, I support the new mayor. I want to see him do well. I care about the city. Um, but I think they're making some huge mistakes and, and that's what I hate about politics. Uh, it's really becomes about politics rather than success. And, um, I, I hope I'm wrong and the city doesn't take 360 degree turn, but I think we're, we're heading in the wrong direction. Oh, you mentioned politics. I had run into, uh, former assemblyman Ron Kennister the other day. And I asked him about, you know, the hose, and I asked him some um, national questions. But talking about the hose, he was very content to have you not around. And um, I I said, but Sean's done great things, he goes. And he was kind of poo-pooing it. And there's not too much love lost between you and, and the former assemblyman, is there? Well, to tell you the truth, you know, the problem with this business is there's straight shooters like me who just tell it how it is and, and hope people can accept that, you know, uh, you are who you are. And then there's, you know, the ones who are the walk the middle of the line, the ones that are two-faced, the ones that if you're sitting down at the table and you're talking about somebody and they know you don't like them, they'll badmouth that person. And then when they're sitting down with that person, if they think they like somebody, they'll praise that person. You, you know, that's the, the sickening part of politics. It's, it's, it's a business of a bunch of two-faced people that the first thing they do when they get in office is try to figure out how they get reelected. And, and I have never been like that. I've always told it how it is. Uh, I'm not here to, you know, play kissy-kissy with people who are uh, in this business for themselves. I want it to make a difference. I don't care about politics. I hate politics. Um, I want it to be a, a person that governed, that, that rebuilt the city, that rebuilt the county, to do things that touch people's lives. And you know what? People like uh, Ron and, and the rest of these people, they don't like a guy like me. They want a guy like John McDonald, a guy with a lot of money. Uh, a guy that will do what he's told, a guy that walks around with strings on his back like a puppet. You're not going to get that from me because that's not who I am. And I don't want to be like that. And if I had to be like that, then I don't want to be uh, involved in any of that stuff. And I'm a straight shooter and I tell him how it is. And some people can accept that as, Hey, that's a great attribute. And other people say, Oh, he's just a wise guy or he's a punk or, or, you know, he's got no class. But the rea reality is, if you want things done, you have to push against the current. You can't sit in a room with all of the same fakers and phonies who are, you know, looking, uh, how do we beat up this guy or hurt this guy or kill this guy so he can't, uh, he can't uh, run for election and, and take somebody else's job. We've got to protect this one. We've got to protect that one. I mean, Ron Canestrari is one of the uh, people who, who is out criticizing me, and he knows nothing about me. He knows nothing about my family. Um, 
But at the same time, he called me up to tell me he wished me well. It's just that's the, that's the type of people that are in this business. And, uh, you know, I don't believe that I ever did anything wrong. I'll stand by the fact that I had to do what I had to do because, first of all, I don't have the money to fight the enormous uh, federal government. And secondly, if anybody else uh, was accused of doing anything that they said we did, it would have never been an FBI agent or anybody else. It would have been the Board of Elections looking to say, hey, you can do this, you can't do that, or you shouldn't do that. Kathy Sheen uh, took $35,000 or something to that effect, and I don't know the exact number, but it was in the paper, um, of money she wasn't entitled to. The FBI didn't knock on her door. The Board of Elections said, hey, you can't do that. you got to pay this back. Uh, I don't believe we did anything that would even have to pay back, but that's the nature of this game. When they don't like you, they're going to do everything they can to kill you. And I'm still standing. I'm not in the business no more, but uh, they didn't break me. And um, I'm happier today than I ever been because I really don't want to associate myself with that, those type of people. Uh, you can be the John McDonald's and, and get away with $1.7 million of, of money that you took that you probably weren't entitled to and then pay back 268000 of it in a fine, which says, okay, I'm admitting I did something wrong, and nobody says, boo. Shaw Morris is, uh, is, is a felon for the rest of his life for a $500 check that, they, that got deposited into my personal account. And it did get deposited into my personal account because it was made out to Shaw Morris and not to the friends of Shaw Morris, and it came to my house with other checks that I get every week for work that I do. And it got deposited accidentally into my account. And now I'm a felon the rest of my life. People can murder people, and that doesn't happen to them. And I believe the governor was the one who did it because while he was trying to get votes for himself and calling me out to resign, uh, his, his own departments were clearing me of everything that was said about me. So I said he was the most corrupt governor in America. And then all of a sudden I got people knocking on my door uh, you know, dragging me down as like I'm the like I'm uh, I'm John Gotti or somebody. That's the nature of this business. Uh, I don't regret one thing. I've helped a lot of people. I made Cohoes better than it's ever been. I've done more than almost every mayor in this city combined, outside of Bobby Signoracci, who ran this city with no money uh, at all and no help and kept it afloat. And my uncle George, um, outside the rest of them, um, Fred Julian was great. Nobody done nothing for the city, and they can't compare what I've done. So I'm proud of everything that I've done. I'm proud of being part of this community my whole life. I'm proud of, of, of giving back to this community since I'm 15 years old, and I'm 53, and I'm still doing it today, and I'm going to do it until I, uh, I um, uh, ain't able to do it anymore. So I'm proud of my work. I'm proud of who I am. I'm proud of the father that I am the mayor that I was, the firefighter that I was, and nobody's going to take that away from me. The Times Union can write 10,000 phony stories, um, but I think most people today see through all that stuff. The, uh, the election for the assembly has not been decided because of all of the absentee ballots. Yeah. If John McDonald loses to Sam Fine, would you be surprised? Well, I'll do backflips down the middle of Columbia Street. Um, I, was, I, I called every person that I knew to vote against John McDonald. I think John McDonald is a guy who's been in politics for 20 years, has done absolutely nothing except take care of John McDonald. Uh, he's done, he did nothing really for the city of Cohoes. I don't know what he's done for the assembly 
Uh, he votes to murder babies that are nine months old. He votes to get rid of, uh, of, of any type of protection when it comes to people getting arrested and bail. I mean, let's face it. I mean, look at the world today. We got people punching old ladies in the face and they get a, they get, they get arrested and five minutes later, they're, they get a, you know, a pass, come on back in a couple of weeks. Um, bail reform's killing uh, our, our communities. People have been emboldened to just be criminals. We see it all over the place. Young people are killing each other like it's like, like life has no value. And if anybody thinks for one second that these people who are in power, who have set these standards, don't have some blame on this whole thing, they're sadly mistaken. If you tell a kid, don't worry, if you punch him in the face, nothing's going to happen. Instead of thinking about the consequences, they just go up there and punch in the face. So John McDonald is part of the problem. He can walk around like he's the nicest guy in the world. He can get a lot of friends because he sells, you know, prescriptions. But at the end of the day, um, he's done nothing but help embolden all of the bad things that are happening. And maybe one day he'll wake up with some courage and stand up and, and, and do something that's right. But in the meantime, I hope San Fine wins. And um, I know that in the city of Cahos, McDonald, who thought he would be uh, carry 98% of the vote, certainly didn't do that. So what year did you run for the New York State Senate? Jeez, uh, what year was it, Cynthia? Uh, <laughs> I, I went in the legislature in, in, in 07, uh, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. I think the 2015. 14 or 15 okay, it was so, uh, year. Well, my question to you is, you, you primary Grossman, do you think that because you primaried somebody within the establishment, that's why members of the establishment seem to be against you? Well, there's no doubt about it. You know, the Breslins uh, never liked me when I supported Danny McCoy. Neil has been a, a slug his, his whole life. He's done absolutely nothing except help insurance rates go through the skyrocketing, uh, uh, you know, cost uh, to every citizen. And yeah, I think so. I think when you, when you, when you are willing to take on the establishment, the establishment is going to gang up and listen, someday this will all come out because I got a lot of stuff that people would just be unbelievable if they could read it and see it. You had Randy Kanifka, who was one of my arch enemies. Come on your show, go on channel 1300, uh, the McCashin show. Come on, tell the whole world that it was a bunch of lies, that, that they collectively got together and lied about me, paid my wife to lie, you know, took advantage of my family in the worst of their time. These are scumbags that did this to me. And you know what? The Times Union didn't write one story about that. They wrote 56 stories about me, more stories than any politician in the world. Can you imagine that a little guy from Cajosa would get that much attention? They got that much attention because the guy who wrote him didn't like me. I didn't like him. He was friends with the people that were uh, behind this whole thing. And, um, and, of course, they all came after me. But you want to know something? Here's how I look at it. They all came after me, and I'm still standing, and someday they're all going to fall. And the bottom line is, if you, if, you, if you put me next to all of them, I've helped hundreds and hundreds of people. I've gone against the fray hundreds of times to help people. I, I fought the system to keep the nursing home in Albany County that they were going to close. I fought the uh -huh. system to help people that had no voice. I fought the system for single mothers. Um, yeah, so when you fight the system, 
you're going to get uh, you're you're going to get the system to collectively get together and try to take you take your head off, and that's and that's what they did. And and I wouldn't change a thing in the world because I wouldn't change who I am. I'm a God-fearing man. Uh, I'm very I'm very spiritual, um, but I'm also very vocal. And you know what? At the end of the day, I pray for them all that they all find uh, what they need because they certainly need it. Because it, 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 to your face they act like saints, but behind your back they're, they're evil. And uh, I just didn't want to be part of that. And I shared my my concerns with them. I I told them when I thought about them. I sat in those rooms when they were trying to destroy people like they did to me. And I'd be like, Are you kidding me? You want to destroy these people because they're running for politics? You want to say things that ain't true? You want to hurt their family? And that's why I never got involved. I, I, I after the, a couple of those meetings. I walked right out of the uh, out of the political party. They wanted me to run against Frank Camisso, who I thought was a great guy. They wanted me to run for chairman of uh, Albany County Democratic Party. I had all the votes, but I wouldn't do it because the guy was good to me. Danny McCoy ended up taking that position, uh, but I didn't want to be in that position because I didn't want to be that guy destroying people's lives over an election. I wanted to be the guy that fixed problems, and and I believe that's what I've done, and I'm I'm very proud of those problems that I've helped fix. You really didn't lose the primary by that much, did you? No, I think I lost by 100 votes. And and I'll tell wow. you a funny story. I'll tell you a funny story. Um, I don't think for a second I lost uh, this election. I, I think, you, you know, there was a lot of people who, who loved me who were afraid that if something happened to me, that the city would pick the next mayor and they didn't want that to happen. But I ran into so many people that thought the primary was in September because it was the first time they moved the primary to the middle of the summer. And people were like, we went to vote and there was no voting. So the reality is I did the best that I could to build this city to be the best that it could, the best that it could be. And people decided that I wasn't the best candidate for the job. I had no problem losing. I really don't. That's the nature of the business. You, you win, you lose. So obviously I thought to myself that I did a great job. I thought we did great things. The city proved that we did great things, but obviously they weren't good enough. And, and uh, again, I have no qualms. I wish Bill Keeler the best of luck because I live in this city. Um, not happy with I, what, what I see. I think there's a lot of bad things happening. Um, but he's, you know, he's new and he's got a lot to learn. And hopefully he learns them and, and, and things start coming around. And I wish them all well. Uh, but at the end of the day, Cynthia, this is a business full of fakes and phonies. And uh, you can find them around every corner. And then there's guys like me who uh, what you see is what you get. And you either like it or you don't. Uh, you either love me or you hate me. I probably there is no in between. Uh, so I don't you, think. I'm sorry. You served a number of years in the Albany County Legislature. Was there any uh, any innuendos or scandals that was going to come out about you then, or is it was it only when you were listen, mayor? No, listen. I was in politics for 15 years. Anything and anything about me, I told people about me. They tried to bring up stuff like it was secrets, like, oh, I had a DWI when I was 
you know, 22 years old. I, I, I used to put out notices saying, look at being a guy that got a DWI, be smart and don't drink and drive. I made a lot of mistakes. I came from a poor upbringing. I, I learned how to fight to keep everything I had. People would steal your shoes uh, off your feet if you let them. I, I got in a lot of fights. I, uh, you know, I was a bouncer at bars. I was a pretty rough kid. Um, but all of those experiences made me a better man. And you want to know something? Uh, my biggest cheerleaders are the seniors who I loved unconditionally. I've been going to the senior centers and helping them for 30 years. I was a Santa Claus for poor kids for 26 years on Christmas Eve, you know, bringing them uh, Christmas presents. But I'm also a guy that if you take a punch at me, you, you better hope that you knock me out because I'm going to come after you with everything I have. And that's how I was mm-hmm. born and raised. And you want to know something? In this business, if you don't have people fighting for you, you get what you get. Your life is controlled by a bunch of people that could care less. And that's what's happening in this country. That's what's happening in the state of New York. They don't care about the people. They do what they're told. They care about themselves. They think they're rock stars. They want to walk in the room and have everybody clap for them like, they, like they're something special. And they're not because, uh, because the reality is uh, 95% of them um, do absolutely nothing but collect a big paycheck. Why people are struggling to put food on their table, these guys are voting themselves a $125,000 part-time job. Uh, you know, sooner or later, people have to recognize that we are the sheep and we continue to follow, you know, the people that are slaughtering us on a daily basis and praising them and putting them and giving them more money. I don't know. Maybe, maybe most people are born to be followers. And I'm not saying it's bad to be a follower, but, but by God, pick a great leader. <laughs> You know, and um, and look at there's people who know me my whole life. And there's people that know Ralph Signorachi his whole life. He is one of the most incredible men that you'll ever meet. He's one of the greatest fathers that you'll ever find in this world. He's an incredible husband. He was an incredible friend, terrible spot. They were threatening us with going to prison for 20 years. Can you imagine that? And, and just to fight and go to a trial, it's $150,000, $175,000. You know what I learned? I learned capital punishment means if you don't have capital, you get punished. Because most, <laughs> people, can never, most people can never fight that. I was in a position I had to decide what was I going to do. Was I going to go fight and, and mortgage my house and spend every penny that I've ever made over 30 years to defend myself when, in fact, I put the check in my account? Or my wife put it in the account. I don't know who did, but it wasn't a check made out to friends of Sean Morris. All of those went into uh, the political account. It was made out to Sean Morris from somebody that I love. And it just was an accident. $500. And I'm a felon for life. If you don't think that's unfair, I, I, I don't know what is. But the people who love me know who I am. The people who hate me will hate me forever. It's the ones in the middle. If, if anything really hurts my feelings that I let sometimes get to me, it's the people in the middle who don't know me that are so quick to judge you, call me a wife beater, call me a thief. Well, let me just tell you something. I stuck up for more domestic violence women in my career in the county legislature. I received letters after letters. Uh, people still see me on the streets who I've helped. Um, it's hard to believe that the things that you despise that you become 
from a newspaper. Because if somebody uh, says it, then you're prosecuted in the eyes of the public opinion. And most people are nitwits out there that just say stupid things like on Facebook uh, because they don't even take five minutes to kind of digest and look at picture. They read a headline and, and immediately mm-hmm. that would, that's what it means. And, well, and so John, our, our time is up. So that's can it, we Cynthia, that's all I have. <laughs> that's it. You know what? We could do another show at a later date and you could talk for another 28 minutes. How's that? <laughs> hey, listen, I appreciate letting me talk because, you know, I've held it in for a long time. And uh, uh-huh. the saddest part of this whole thing is every media outlet knows it's a lie today, but it's not good enough news. And Randy Kanifka was a great advocate to, to destroy me. But when he tells the truth, they don't want to believe him. So you can't win in this business. Uh-huh. Cynthia, it's nice talking to you. God bless you. Okay, thank you. You've been listening to Sean Mars. Uh, this is Focused on Albany. If you like this show, like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. Thank you. Have a great day.